0: check check one two let's record a podcast. hello and welcome to in the pocket the bass guitar podcast where we get the lowdown on the low end my name's johnny a totally average bass player and each week I'm joined by different co-hosts to talk all about that bass Well, I mean normally I am, but uh this week it's just a solo one. Solo pod this week, just me. Um mainly because nobody, you know, nobody wanted to come on the podcast. So uh this is it now, it's just me. No, that's not true. Uh I just thought we haven't done a solo one for a while. So why not do one this week? Um Bit of admin before we jump into it. If you haven't already, uh, make sure you've gone and entered my competition that I'm doing at the minute. Or I don't know if it's less for competition; it's more like a it's a community um, challenge, I suppose, uh, where I'm getting you at home to help me reach ten thousand subscribers by building a base with me. Now, listeners of this might already know of the premise of this, uh, where. I'm letting you guys decide what happens to this really cheap p base copy that I've got, that I'm going to mod based on your suggestions and turn it into some wild Frankenstein base that hopefully will serve someone very well, because every comment on any of the videos to do with that base count as one entry towards winning it, which I will unveil on a uh, live stream that I do once I hit 10,000 subscribers. At time of recording this right now, I believe I'm on 9,080. So, you know, just under a thousand to go. So I'm thinking it's going to be like a month or so before we get there, um, if nothing happens in in the meantime. So yeah, make sure you have subscribed if you haven't already maybe you're listening on spotify or apple podcasts and and you haven't even watched me on youtube at all that's that's where all the good stuff is honestly like this is this is the rubbish side bit i think no i love doing this it's good fun um any other updates in my life um one other update is that my bass wall is looking very sad at the minute there's not much going on there i've got two jazz basses a p-bass a stingray and then nothing else. Normally, I'm oversubscribed with bases, and right now is the first time in a long time that I haven't... I've got room. I've got room. So uh, leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. Let me know what what I should get next, because I want, I want to get something cool hanging on that wall. Let's us crack on with the podcast by going on to our first question. To ask questions on this very podcast, what you need to do is go and follow me on Instagram at Johnny Dibble, where 24 hours before I record podcasts each week, I put up a poll on there, where you can submit your questions. So make sure you are following me to stay up to date and, uh, and yeah, get involved. Uh, like William Garcia has on Instagram, who says tuners, headstock versus pedal versus something like a boss TU uh, 12C hell a pitchfork or a pitch pipe <laughs> if that floats your boat um so the question here is which i guess which should you choose or which would i choose or you know just a bit of talk about tuners because i love a tuner if you i mean not the fish i'm a vegetarian but if you do not have a tuner you should get a tuner <laughs> let's just say that uh, straight out the gate because I was at a gig recently and, like, yeah, they had a tuner but it broke um, on stage. They had to keep swapping cables and have the dreaded, the dreaded. Oh, that noise just haunts me. I absolutely hate that noise. Um, so, yeah, didn't enjoy that. So, everybody should have a tuner and a tuner that works because you've got to have it and it works. Um, now people seem to get very, very touchy when you mention, uh, headstock tuners versus pedal tuners. For me, it is a clear cut answer, um, because of the way that I do gigs and the way that I run my pedal board. The fact I even have a pedal board comes into it, um, because I want to have silent tuning on stage with the, not a flip of a switch, but the kick of a switch, um, that I can just put that stomp box on and then i've got my led screen there telling me if i'm in tune personally i use the korg pitch black mini at the moment um and you know i I think it's a great tuner really good for bass um as is the polytune by tc electronic and of course the classic uh boss uh, chromatic tuner now whenever i've mentioned this before some people have been like no Every professional uh, gig that I've been to is using a headstock tuner. Now, I don't know what kind of gigs you're going to. I've I've never, ever, ever seen anybody use one of those live on stage. It's just not professional looking. What, whip that thing on the headstock and, I don't know, turn your guitar down or or whatever and then tune? No, no, thank you. I'm a a pedal all day. Um, Now, for some people that don't have um, pedal boards, maybe just having a tuner is a pain in the bum. Um, or having to power that, and it's, you know, what a nightmare, because some people like to go straight into the amp, um, and yeah, it might suit you better, and that, hell, there are cases where a headstock one will suit you better, um, or like the Boss uh, TU-12C, which is just like a, you know, like a, not one that attaches to your headstock, but just one that uh, uh, you put near your base. Um in fact, I don't know if you plug into that one or not, you can get some that you can plug into, or some that just do it based on sound, and those are you know I used to use when I was a kid in school and tuning in the in the practice rooms in secondary school but never ever in like a live situation or even at home my my pedal boards pedal board is always next to me um on the floor and so I plug straight into that and into my interface that's where all the magic happens for any recording I want to do not with videos but um any other stuff you know I've got my dark glass stuff on there blah 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 Um, so I've always got the tuner on there so that's primarily where I tune from so for me it's 100% the pedal and I don't think I'll ever ever have anything else but yeah each to their own you know your situation might be different to mine but yeah pedal all day baby let's move on to the next segment Welcome to the news. This is where we talk about the latest bass guitar related news. Um, first off, GL. They have released a new series of basses. Um, you might know the L2000. Uh, I reviewed the Tribute one recently and uh, that is like their dual humbucker, super active electronics, uh, all bells and whistles model. They've also got the L1000 uh, which is the single pickup version which is kind of in the middle of the two um and they have just released uh, another version of the l1000 in the 750 bases uh now what these are they've kind of done they did a similar thing a couple of months ago with the l2000 I think uh where they are quote wide boys <laughs> they're wider bodied bases um with chunkier necks, because the whole thing that's different about these basses is that they have a wider string spacing than your average five string. Of course, with a five string, your string spacing, so the neck isn't too humongous, is naturally a bit slimmer, which can present a bit of a, a bit of a learning curve sometimes. But uh, these ones have got a 19.03. That 0.03 is really <laughs> making a lot of difference. Oh my god can you hear that don't know if you can hear the ice cream van outside <laughs> not sure if it's ice cream weather right now but okay um nineteen point zero three millimeters string spacing um which is pretty you know pretty pretty wide um it's just the same as a it's just the same as leo fender's standard uh four string basses. um so it's like Essentially just like a four-string, but with that fifth string added on. Um that might sound obvious, but it's still got that familiar feel and it will have a slightly bigger neck, and you can see in pictures of it that the body is a bit wider as well. It's actually nicknamed the Wide Body 1K. What does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know. Uh but yeah, uh in terms of tonality, I don't know what this adds, but I'd like to try one of these, because honestly, I, I don't know if I find it better or worse. I find I have to, I'm not really a five-string guy, um, I find that I often have to adjust a little bit to a five-string whenever I've got it, so maybe that would just be a simpler step for me, but I don't know. Anyway, this one comes in sunburst uh, with rosewood fretboard, um, and, and oh, this like bright turquoise color with the rosewood and then maple neck versions with black body and a natural body they look pretty cool Uh, i'd love to check one out but they're like two thousand and seventy dollars starting so uh not really for not really aimed at me in my market uh but you know pretty cool nonetheless thanks gnl for doing something cool and different Uh, Speaking of cool and different, question mark, Uh, the only other bit of news this week, it's a pretty news slim week, um, is from Squire. Squire have just slid this one under the rug, I I had to search for this one to find it, um, because they've released the classic vibe jazz bass, the 60s one, in a new colour, um, it now comes in Lake Placid Blue. Now I reviewed the uh, oh, what was the what's the blue version called? What is it called? Not Pelham Blue. It is um, Daphne Blue. That's it. They had the Daphne Blue version. They've now released um, the. Gosh, my words have just disappeared, haven't they? Wow, we uh, Lake Placid Blue version with get this block inlays. Oh, yes it looks so good this thing i absolutely love it um i'm a sucker for lake placid blue my jack my fgn jazz base is like a ocean turquoise blue but this one yeah it, it really really looks tidy especially with that like orange tinted neck that you've got on the classic vibes i think it really suits it um one thing i wish they did do though i do like it um i wish that it had a Tort shell um guard on there that would have really added to the vibe and i think uh i've been listening to a lot of blue tiger recently and her bass lines are just oh, so good and her bass is kind of similar to this i think with its block inlays and uh and the blue jazz bass if it had taut pickguard on there it would be turning my head that even bit more but that's such a simple change that you can do yourself so yeah if you're after that look on a budget, this might be the one. Um, Now, what might not make it the one is that, I'm just looking on Anderton's right now, and it's £450. Now, I know it's a limited edition, so that might bump the price up a little bit, but is this a sign that this is going to be the price point for Squire Indonesian-made models moving forward? I don't know. I, I thought that the 40th anniversary models were that price, just because they are like big milestone editions and like special price points for those but I thought this one would be under 400 pounds to be honest um I don't think any I don't know have any of the others been this kind of price point anyway it's I'm hoping it's not the direction we're going but who knows um I want all the success for Squire. I want to see it flourish, of course, because it's only good for the consumer. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know, four hundred and fifty pounds when there's bases like the Sires on the market. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's. It's getting a tall ask sometimes, you know, and people have been complaining about the prices of the 40th anniversary ones, let alone a standard Classic Vibe one. So we will see. Um, I want to see what the next release is just to see what the price point is, honestly. Um, but yeah, that is it for the news. Like I said, it's a news. news light week this week. Uh, hopefully we'll bring it in next time with loads of hot goss. Let's move on to our second question this question comes from a calamord music on instagram who has been uh not yet banned from listening to this channel and this podcast um for his you know he can't he can't get into stingrays this guy and i've told him i've told him he's gonna be banned um but i haven't brought myself to do it yet and he slipped through the cracks this time with another fantastic question God damn it, this guy. Um, so, Gan says, uh, "Would you rather have one base for everything or multiple bases covering specific things?" Now, I thought this was really interesting because I I have such an opinion on this, um, and through mainly through my experience with this channel as well, and how my base journey has changed throughout it as well, and what I kind of look for now is very different to what I used to look for. So when I, you know starting out or when I was not sure what genre I was really playing at the time or things like that I you know I wanted something that could cover all pardon the pun could cover all bases um because I didn't have much money and you know I I don't want to buy one thing and it's a one-trick pony and it's no good for something else when I need it to be I need it to be super diverse and be able to bend and and break to my demand, you know, and 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 be the sound that I need it to be. Um, but now that I, you know, have a bit more money and and can afford to buy different bases or, or have a few bases, I have done a complete one eighty, and now I way prefer having specific bases for specific needs. Um, now, and that's just because I can have as. And that's not just an excuse to buy lots of different bases, (laughs) which I love to do. Um, But it's because I find that when a base tries to do too much, it kind of does all of them okay. But it's kind of like a jack of all trades master of none, you know, where you're not really winning in any scenario. So I'd rather have something that's going to be really good at one thing. Like like a P-Bass, for instance. Uh, in fact, I think a great example is a bass with a PH configuration. I feel like the P-Bass pickup and the Music Man humbucker are like totally, totally different sounding pickups and like polar opposites almost. Um you know, one's super mid-rangey, one's kind of more scooped sounding and way more high end and that kind of different kinds of ways that they punch through the mix. Um, and when you get a PH bass and you combine the pickups together, you just kind of get Uh, the sound that isn't so good or when you solo the p it's not quite the same as a normal p bass or when you solo the humbucker it's not quite that stingray sound i don't know i i mean i would love um sterling or music man to do a version of the cutlass and the um and a stingray together uh cut ray or something like that (laughs) A, a, a stingless no that doesn't sound as good doesn't have that zing um where it is the best of both worlds but because i always find that everything does the p bass pickup okay but then the music man humbucker doesn't sound as good i don't know anyway where am i getting with this um (laughs) they just never sound like the one or the other it always sounds like this weird mix where it's a bit confused and with the p bass i feel like that has so much character in it that everything about that bass leans towards that sound like the chunkier neck just the way that it feels and plays naturally makes you play and sound a certain way and I think that you can't really translate that very well like a really slim neck or like a stingray style neck encourages you to play a different way or or a bass with um, like a really modern bass you know that that is meant for being fast the neck feels completely different on like an Ibanez or something so i don't know it's it's this hard thing to explain where if you if it's trying to be so many things in one it kind of starts to lose character a bit and i've said this time and time again about the p bass and things like that but i just think that that is one of the most important things to me now for the bass to have a soul and to to want you know you've got to want to pick it up and play and it to inspire you to do something with it you know or almost fight you back a little bit but in a good way you know that's not so it's not unplayable but it you know kind of forces your hand a little bit and i that's what i really love about guitars honestly i think that's what's the most interesting about them uh, is how they can inspire you um and so so yeah i think that I definitely prefer having multiple ones to do specific things because then they're all having that specific purpose. And that's taking away, this is just sound. This, you know, it's not taking into account tunings because then you've got different setup issues or even number of strings like, you know, a five string or a four string or, I don't know, a a two string (laughs) that exists out there somewhere. Um, Yeah, that is definitely my answer to this question. There will be people out there that want something to be super diverse and that can do everything but for me uh, i want something that has a specific purpose because then it's going to do that one thing well and you know i'm saying that from a very privileged <laughs> uh uh you know background almost because i can afford to do that, some people can't, and they need it to to do multiple things, and and that's fine. But it can sometimes be trickier to find something that I think really nails all different elements um, and can be super diverse. Um, but you know, that's not to say that you can't get great tones out of bases that try and do that. Like uh, you know, a Sire Active Jazz Bass can actually sound like a lot of different basses, I think. Um, and but then. <laughs> Yeah, then you're getting into active preamps and millions of knobs and controls and that kind of takes it away. That's a whole other ballpark that takes things away from me. But yeah, that is the answer that I'm going to give to this question. Let's move on to the next segment. Now, It is time for That Tone You Own. It is my favourite segment of the week because I get to shut up and listen to some bass. Um, Normally, I get my co-host to bring along their signature sound or just a tone that they're enjoying at the minute. Um, But this week, of course, it's just me. Um, So we're going to sit in silence. No. Um, I have brought along a tone that I'm playing with at the moment. Um, If you follow me on Instagram... You might have seen uh, that I did a live unboxing of a little new bass that I have um, and that is the Sterling by Music Man Ray 34. Um, I've been wanting to get my hands on one of these for so long ever since I sold foolishly sold my Sterling Ray 24 CA um, I've had a big stingray shaped hole in my life uh, and yeah I've been really excited to get hold of this one it's the all black one um with the roasted maple neck and yeah super excited to finally get some stingray tones back in my life because I love a stingray um I'm going to shut up and let's just have a listen to this thing I'm running Uh, straight into my pedal board which is just running the dark glass vintage ultra it's super transparent sounding it's just a bit of an eq at the minute um so i'll I'll show you what it sounds like on and off then straight into the line six hx stomp with a ampeg svt amp sim on there so here's what it sounds like very stingray it's very stingray um now this bass i'll be honest needs a bit of a setup um you can hear that the the d uh, i'll play the strings you can hear the the g and the e or which is tuned down to d um are way 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 quieter than Mm -hmm. the other two and that is just because of a bit of a setup change that i've made and i need to change some things again um I'm actually getting a bit of noise as well through the bass, which it's a humbucker, shouldn't really get that. So I think there's a bit of dodgy, couple of dodgy bits going on with this one, but uh, nothing that's a quick look under the hood and uh, a bit of messing around can't fix. So that string example, we're going to go uh, top to bottom go into the strings. <laughs> the volume difference is massive. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, just a bit of a setup thing that. It's nothing that I'm too concerned about. Um, But, yeah, without the dark glass, it's like this. With it on. Just adding a bit more girth and scooping a couple of high mids. Uh, it's a bit fret buzzy at the minute as well, um, so yeah, it's, it's okay at the minute. It's not really in my total good books just yet, but we'll see. This is what it's like with the uh, dark glass with a bit of drive. Now let's go with a bit on the HX Stomp. yeah it's not without its faults this one i don't think but i haven't really had too much time to to go under the hood and, and and uh and do a quick setup on this thing so just a little taste of what it sounds like here before i do my full review which will be coming out in sometime in the future i did film an unboxing as well but yeah that little while before that one comes out but yeah just thought i'd let you lovely podcast listeners have a sneak preview of what this thing sounds like let's move on with the video (gasps) now we're here at the big base debate where you know normally I just take a user's question and then turn it into a slightly extended uh... debate. It's not really a debate. You need more people to do a debate I guess this could be like a mass debate or something like that um, with lots of people if I had enough people on here, but it's not. It's a solo debate. So a so can you do a solo mass debate? Mass debate. It's probably going to get demonetized for saying that. So maybe I, should, maybe I should just edit in a big pause in between mass debate. Um, Anyway, uh, this week's uh, Big Bass Debate comes courtesy of John William on Instagram, who says, The point of having a big, expensive amp on stage? It's rarely mic'd up, in brackets. Um, So, is there any point in having a big amp on stage at this point, you know? No? Not really, (laughs) is my answer there we go that's the end big bass to done <laughs> um no so obviously having a big amp on stage you know you see some people with your big ampeg svt 8x10 fridges on stage and some people have multiple of them on stage you know either side of the drum kit or stacked on top of each other on their side you know massive massive rigs um and are they necessary anymore with modern technology uh you know there will be naysayers out there that say yeah you, of course there's nothing that compares to that ampeg fridge sound or those big amp sounds and uh, yeah okay okay maybe maybe recordings you might be able to hear differences or solos certainly you'd hear differences live hell no <laughs> hell no live um there's just no need to have these big fridges on stage anymore is there especially with uh you know things like the quad cortex and the kemper uh and even smaller amps you know 9 times out of 10 now basses are not being miked up on stage so what is the point in having this massive speaker on stage now having said that of course the purpose is for the player not for the audience at the end of the t- at the end of the day because we're taking a di signal half the time whether it out the back of the amp or a preamp pedal or you know whatever system is being run and that's going straight to front of house and uh, being blared through the speakers you know it's not it's not that big amp on stage making all that volume um it's coming out the di and then the sound guy's doing it all um so if we're not micing it up is there point it's for the player. Like I said, it's for the bass player on stage that wants to feel that rumble or feel the amp, feel something moving the air. And I get it. I totally get it. I like to have a live amp on stage. I have more than enough capabilities with the stuff that I have and the gear that I use to be able to have no amp on stage and run it completely through the PA. Um, But I just don't I just don't like that just yeah I kind of I'm a, I'm you know even I feel a bit stubborn um and I like to have that kind of sound and the and the to feel my presence coming at me from behind um and that's what people on big stages with these massive amps you know like as well and of course the bigger the stage and the further away you are the bigger kind of amp you're going to need for that kind of thing I suppose um I saw a rig rundown recently and oh i think it was sean mendez's bass player uh they strap this aguilar cab underneath the stage to the bottom of the stage so that it rumbles it vibrates the floor underneath and i thought that was incredible you know like that's the kind of frequency that's the response he wants is to feel the air and feel the rumble of the bass and it's coming up through the ground i thought that was incredible um but and it's that kind of example that's that's what we want we want something push physically pushing the air at us and you know a lot of pro bands now are, are using in-ear systems as well in-ear monitoring um, so that they hear full mix straight into their ears um, but of course that doesn't give you that Feeling or the the low ends that you get. So really it's just there, A, because it looks very, very cool. Um, but then also so that you can feel it on stage. Um, but is so that so trying to answer this question, gotta remember the question first. That is the point of having those amps on stage. Can you do that with a smaller amp? Yeah, sure you can. Um, and you can you know, do it okay. I think it depends on the size of the stage. If you're, you know, doing headlining Reading Festival, then yeah, you might want something there, but then, but then at the same time, do you? I don't know. <laughs> um, Really, when you get down to it, no, there isn't any point anymore. Hell, you could do, tour the rest of your life with no, real amp ever again, you know, with things like Kempers and profilers and quad cortex, things like that. Even with even with my HX stomp that I've got here from line six, I could do entire thing with just that. Um and you'd be fine. You could just take a straight out of it and straight front of house. They've got everything they need. They pump it through the PA. Bosh. Done. <laughs> um but it's it's that thing is it is it's what you prefer. Um yeah it's rarely mic'd up says in the question because that's just not what we do with bass guitar anymore really in the modern in the modern world no one's doing that anymore um of course there will be people that are and say that that is going to be the best way to do it but in terms of ease of setup like why why on earth would you want to do that instead of just taking the di out for the bass um especially when the guy at front of house, you know, he'll mic up the guitars and take that sound and then we'll mold the bass around that and to fill in the sound, you know, uh, to make it sound as big as possible. So that's kind of his role within that rather than getting your sound out there. I don't know, it depend- depends on the, on the bass player and uh, on the setup really. But yeah, I don't think there's any point of having this big expensive amp on stage. It's just going to break your back in the long run. Honestly, if I was doing a big tour, I would not want that at all. Um, I'd want something, you know, small that's going to that's, that's gonna work well or, or that might give me a bit of stage volume. Especially if, well, I suppose that's another thing, isn't it? It's if your in-ears go wrong or if a monitor goes or something then you've got something behind you still driving some sound at you. Because if you're doing a big show, you might not be able to hear yourself all that well um, if those things cut out. But if you have got that amp behind you, then yeah, sure. You've got that pumping it out at you. But it's it what you've got to remember is that it's for the bass player's benefit and no one else's. <laughs> um, probably going to get some kickback about that. People are going to say, oh, you know, I want, I'm not getting rid of my Ampeg SVT. I want that thing up there. <laughs> I don't know why they've gone proper Somerset now. Well, probably because I'm proper Somerset, but there we go. Anyway, I hope that answers the question. Uh, and that brings us to the, to the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, it's a sad time every time and it goes way too quickly. I feel like I've spoken at like a million miles an hour for this one, but it's probably because I want my tea i haven't had my tea yet <sighs> once again everyone thank you so much for listening uh, don't forget to go and enter that 10k giveaway leave us a five star review wherever you're listening on here whether that is on spotify apple Podcasts, you can leave me a five star rating that'd be much appreciated uh, and make sure you've liked commented and subscribed on the YouTubes etc and yeah let me know what guests you want to see on here in the future because I'm slowly well very slowly making my way through my list uh, of people that I want to talk to on here but of course I want to hear more I want to there's people out there that I don't know about so I'd love Uh, to broaden my horizons and speak to and learn from even more bass players out there so yeah drop us a comment down below let me know who should be on here as a co-host because i think it'll be a fun fun time once again everyone thank you so much for listening see you next time